Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Debbie. Hi, I'm Debbie, compulsive overeater, bulimic. Uh, thank you, Tara, for asking me to be here and uh, welcome to all the newcomers. Um, it's, it's just, it's wonderful to have you here and you are the most important people in this Zoom room, <laughs> as it were. And congratulations to the chip takers. And um, I guess I will just go with what, what happened, what it was like, what happened and what I'm like now. And um, I came into the rooms about, um, around this time, probably about 10 years ago is either when I probably was thinking about it or, or like I was in another cycle of like, why does this thing not go away? Why am I still obsessed about my body? Why do I still wake up hating myself and, and, um, and engaging in behaviors that I feel like I should have grown out of? Um, and so I had um, checked out, yeah, at some point, and I was coming up on a birthday that was like ending in a, coming up on a birthday that was coming, like going to be a, an O, ending in an O, which always is one of those like decade milestone things, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Um, except not with the humor that was just in my voice there, um, with a lot of pain. And, um, and um, so that's, so all that to say, coming up on 10 years, um, I, I do say that I audited in the beginning because I just, I, I wasn't sure, um, but um, I'm, I'm fully in now. And um, just to go back, um, gosh, I'm all over the place. I'm a little nervous. Can you tell? <laughs> this meeting kind of um, intimidates me. And yet at the same time, it, um, it was so, these podcasts it, were so integral to my, to me deciding to, it was part of my auditing process where I was just, listening to them, falling asleep to speakers, um, just trying to identify and like really, you know, understand the disease. And, and what I will say is if, if no one res resonates with what I'm saying, keep coming back because this is just my story. And there's so many um, people with experience, strength and hope. So um, I'll, okay, I'm gonna slow down. Um, I, as far as I know, have always loved food um, and ate food, did weird things with food. Um, for those who are maybe listening to this, I am, um, um, I'm not, let's say, I'm not, I'm not white. Um, and, um, I grew up in a, um, in an immigrant family and there was a lot of, um, not that that has anything to do with anything, except there was a lot of wanting to fit in. And, um, wow. A lot of not feeling like I was enough. Now that doesn't make me a compulsive overeater. What it does, did do is feed the mindset that me as a person, as a human being was not enough. 
and there were a lot of comments made about my body, a lot of comments about about my weight, um, either being up or down, or it was just a lot of focus on that. And so when I was about, um, I think 15, 16 maybe, is when I discovered bulimia. And um, some high school friends were doing it, like, hey, we're gonna go do this thing. And, um, and I went and watched them and then was like, oh my God, that is so, like, what are you guys doing? No, 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 no. And, and then I went home and did it by myself. And that became part of my, my way of coping with life and controlling um, my weight and what I looked like. And just that was the, all the focus there was, frankly. Um, I'm sure there were other things, but that was, that was my go-to. That was how I dealt with emotions. Um, and I could basically like, you know, eat what I wanted and, and then not have to wear the consequences. So that was, that was, I want to jump forward because we all know what it was like. Like we know the pain, it's, it's, it's all of it. <laughs> um, but what brought me in was, um, oh my gosh. I feel like I'm having a brain fart right now. Literally, I'm just going to go to the higher power that I didn't have and um, trust that the words coming out are what need to come out. And that's what I've learned in this program is that I don't have to abuse myself with food anymore is that I can feel uncomfortable and let that be okay. And prior to coming into these rooms, that just wasn't okay. I didn't know how to sit with a feeling. Um, so what happened was I was, I was coming up on that birthday again, the, the actual behavior of throwing up would kind of go into hiatus sometimes, but it didn't matter because it was just whack-a-mole. Like everything was focused on either the, the calories, the numbers, the restricting, the exercising. And so that, that was what it was like. And I was a newlywed and I was like, why can I not, uh, why does my husband not just go to bed at night? You know, like all I wanted to do was sh turn everything off, including him and just be with my food, be with my, you know, TV and whatever else I could distract myself with and numb out. And then I would wake up either thinking, I've got to go run this off, or I've just got to like hate myself and beat myself up in bed. And so that's what drove me here was um, I didn't, I had done it anyway. So I audited because I didn't really believe, you know, I was one of those people's like, what am I going to get at the end of the 12 steps? Is that going to be the cure all? Am I going to like, how much effort do I need to put in, in order to make this you know, is it worth it essentially? <laughs> um, and so the higher power that I didn't know that I had in these rooms um, or in life really um, had me go to a convention because I was like, well, if there's a convention and I don't hear what I need, well, then this is clearly not the program for me. <laughs> and so the very last panel that I was on, um, I heard someone speak and um, and I ended up asking her to be my sponsor. That was one thing that happened there. And also the other thing that happened at that was I actually um, heard tradition three, which was um, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
So all the noise and the stories that I kept telling myself that I don't belong, I don't know, I'm not really overeating right now, everything's fine, you know, fine, um, effed up, insecure, neurotic, and eating is what I heard, you know, um, but that was it, like, things are fine. Um, I just knew when I heard that, even though I'd been in some meetings and heard that read, it just registered in this way of like, yes, I have a desire to stop eating compulsively. And that's all I needed. And that was my in to this program because everything else in my life wants to take me out. You know, I'm looking at the Zoomer and I'm like, I want to run away. It's too much, too, too much being seen, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and the truth is I'm here because yeah, I have a desire to stop eating compulsively and working, finding a sponsor um, that helped me again, develop that one-on-one -on -one relationship. And I started working the steps and for whatever reason, just followed the directions. I didn't jump to 12. I just listened to what she said and I did it. And I was able to stay present in whatever it is I was doing. And I had to learn a lot about for me, what the disease was for me and really come to understand, you know, that it is a disease and that I have, um, you know, allergic reactions to foods and behaviors. And some of that, um, from my experience as a restrictor was because I'd restricted for so long, you know, it was a little bit of a, um, you know, I liken to almost like being like in a science project of like, okay, can I eat this? I don't know, you know, but the thing is, I, um, I never had to do that alone. You know, I had fellows, I had um, my sponsor to talk things through with, and that's where this program is so much different than any sort of like self-help or therapy that I may have tried or, you know, um, eating disorder groups, whatever. Um, it's like really was still trying to do it alone. And, and so going through the process of the steps, I, um, I was able to, and have been able to over these almost 10 years, um, you know, develop a relationship with a higher power that I don't understand. Um, sometimes it's been more clear for me. Sometimes it's been less clear and it's like one of those relationships. It's, it's, it's a relationship I'm improving. Um, but again, if someone had told me right away, oh, this is about, you know, spiritual, a spiritual solution, even though I knew because it's in the steps, right? So I'm not naive, but I just didn't focus on that. I didn't let that aspect of it and whatever preconceived notions and prejudices I had um, deter me from this program because the pain of the program, the pain of the disease was enough. Like enough was enough. I'd have nowhere else to go. I know what, um, I know what life without re recovery is. And, you know, my, my quote unquote bottom, I always say is like, not what I would have thought it was like in my twenties and everything where I was like throwing up multiple times a day and just really, really in it. It really was to this place of like the spiritual bottom of like, is this how I'm going to live the rest of my life? Is like, is this the next 40, 50 years of my life that I'm just going to hate myself and be um, kind of life is fine, you know? And, um, and so what this program has done, and I, I really hope I'm sharing some serious strength hope, but, but through this program, I, I, um, it's given me a way of life. I now have, um, I have 12 steps. I have tools to get me through life where I'm no longer, you know, I'm no longer engaging in my alcoholic foods and behaviors. Um, I, and, um, and so I'm not triggering any allergies, but life still happens, 
you know, I still have human emotions. I, I've learned what human emotions are. Literally, when I came in, my sponsor would be like, what's it? What are you feeling? I don't know. I was like, my, the feelings were like, I'm angry, um, sad, and hungry. You know, I literally thought hungry was an emotion. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's, that's not. I'm like, really? Because I've said that a lot in my life. I know that. Um, and now I have, you know, a, a wider spectrum of um, an emotional wheel that I can, that I can um, stomach. And um, I'm just looking at the time. Okay. Um, and so I guess what I'll say is um, where that takes me is I, I've worked the steps. I've worked them um, multiple times in, in different, um, with different I have, I've always had my sponsor, but I've, I've gone through different um, steps with different step guides. And each time I've had a different experience um, with that process. And it's, um, um, more is constantly being revealed if I'm willing to do the work. And um, on a day-to-day -day basis, what I do now, and again, I will just say, this is not what I did in the beginning. <laughs> so, you know, almost 10 years in, it's changed where now, um, you know, I get up, I, I take my, I do some writing inventory to a higher power and I meditate. Um, um, and then I, you know, read some spiritual stuff. I, I kind of, a, I just want to say like a, a change that's happened is I used to like have to run first or do something first and then like breakfast or whatever would take, um, you know, food would like, then I could think about that. And now it's like, no, I know that like my abstinence comes first. I, I have to take care of my spirituality and my, my relationship, with my higher power and my food first, you know, so I will eat my breakfast first, my abstinent breakfast. And then I can go, okay, is it, you know, and I'll bring my higher power into decisions. Like, do I want to go for a run today? You know, is that on the docket or how is like my body feeling as opposed to like, I've got to go do this. You know, I have to, I have to. And, um, and so it's really um, given me I just really want to say it's, it's saved my life. And I know that sounds so like it can, you're, you might be like, what, what are you talking about? You know, but literally OA has saved my life and it's given me a life that on the outside, like nothing has really changed that much. You know, yes, some career stuff has changed, but same husband, um, you know, we, you know, still, you know, animals, um, but I no longer, you know, I'm waiting for him to go to bed. So, I mean, you know, sometimes I want to be alone. I'll say that, you know, <laughs> but I also know how to communicate now. You know, I can actually like talk to my husband, like um, what I, I'm learning how to, you know, have a um, adult relationship and which is kind of funny because we've been together 18 years, you know, but it takes time, you know, and, um, and bring like these principles and these, you know, you know, these concepts and steps that I learn um, into my outside affairs. And, and so again, tools that I did not have growing up. Um, wow, I still have, okay, six. Um, what else? 
what else? I guess I'll go back to what else do I do? I, I have a regular home meeting. I, I sponsor. I um, I kind of do what it said, like what people suggest, you know, and it's not. Um, <laughs> Did I hear a time? Thought I heard something. Yeah. So that's like essentially thirty-two thousand. That's getting. Uh, yeah. 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 Thirty-two thousand. <laughs> I would like thirty-two thousand. Whatever. No. Um, but. Um, um. Yeah. So. I honestly, I feel like I had a whole brain fart of everything. And, um, and I, I think I may just let it be and, and open it up to questions. I know it's early, um, but maybe that'll jog my memory and I'll, um, you know, do the best I can. Again, I'm so grateful for this program and, um, and yeah, thanks. Thank you, Debbie, so much. Okay, we are ready for question. John C. Thank you very much. Uh, Debbie, thank you very much for your share. Really appreciate you spoke a lot of things. Um, so I wanted to actually ask about if you have specific things you do every single day, if you maybe could talk about that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, John, uh, for the question. And yes, I have certain things I do every day. So um, as mentioned, I wake up in the morning, I, um, I write, um, it's a, um, it's essentially a fear inventory to my higher power and I surrender that. And then I sit and meditate in a um, particular meditation um, practice that I do. And then I, um, and then I'll usually read a spiritual read. I'll eat my breakfast while I'm reading either some spiritual or um, literature or, um, or a daily, a daily reader. And, um, and then kind of do my writing, look at my calendar and just kind of organize and, and um, yeah, that is what I do. At various times, I've also read, um, you know, read uh, pages 84 through 86 in the big book. And, um, but I kind of just feel like where I kind of do what I do. And then um, I, I, because of Zoom, I've been on a lot of meetings. They're not necessarily regular meetings. I have a regular home meeting, um, but, but I, I will pop in, you know, and like listen and share if I can. Um, and so, I don't know if you can hear that. My cat is in the background having a, um, a moment. Um, but, um, and then, you know, if I have, I don't, if I have sponsee calls that day, you know, we'll, we'll do that. And um, in the evening, I try I do inventory again, as well as meditate. Um, that probably I'd say like 90% of the time I do that um, and do a review. And I, at night I sub, um, send an email to my sponsor with, with uh, my food for the day and a gratitude list. Yeah. Okay, um, Barbara? Debbie, thank you so much. Very nice share. Um, can you talk a little bit about how your relationship with your family of origin, has it changed in the years you've been with the program and how has it changed? 
great question. Thank you, Barbara. Yes, absolutely, it has changed. So um, they were, um, they were the reason for everything, right? <laughs> I say that facetiously, but really that's what I carried a lot of, um, you know, blaming um, and felt like they were the root of my troubles. Um, and in my first, um, my first four step, I was able to release a lot of that. A lot of the, the anger that I held on to um, and and just that resentment that I didn't even know that I really carried with me, but just these stories that I always told myself. And, um, and, and throughout the years, um, it's absolutely changed where I, you know, I remember having a conversation, um, I don't know, year or two, maybe the first year in my program with, and I pulled over and I was like talking to my sponsor, like, nothing's ever going to change with my sister, you know, we're never going to get it. And like, she's, she's older than me. Um, I think the, this disease may manifest itself in my family members. Um, they may have the same similar thinking, um, you know, food things, whatever. Um, and um, anyway, all that to say, so the, um, it, it, it was like, they're never going to change. They're never going to change, you know? And she's like, you don't know that you know? Um, and what I'll say at that is the other day I had a conversation with my sister and it was kind of weird. It's, it's interesting that you're, you're asking this, I guess it's, um, there's no um, accident. Um, but she, um, I, I used to get really defensive because like I mentioned, they taught so much about my body and about like made comments about my weight, you know, I'm vegan by choice. Um, and so they're, they're always just concerned and, and rightly so, because I was very defensive, right? I was defensive. I didn't want anyone talking about me. I didn't want anyone telling me, you know, I looked, have you lost weight? Have you gained weight? I mean, it's just like, you know, back off, you know? And, um, I think maybe a couple of years ago, I'd mentioned to her that I was in OA and, and that took a long time because for me, there was a, a level of not feeling safe revealing um, this aspect of my life. Um, but, um, she actually brought the other day, she was like, you know, are you in a place where you're okay to receive, ask me, ask, you know, if I ask a question, I was like, oh gosh, what, you know, like, where's this going? And, um, she asked how my relationship with my body was. And it kind of took me aback because we hadn't talked about that, like my body really. And like, you know, probably almost 10 years. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so good. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? You know, and, and she expressed some, like on a Zoom, she felt like the, she commented on my, my body on Zoom, apparently, you know, or her perception of it. And, um, and one, it was, it was a beautiful experience because it was, um, I was able to share openly about, I was like, oh yeah, no, you know, I'm in OA, right? And, and really talk about like, no, I'm good. I'm in a really good place. Um, and, and I wouldn't have been able to do that before, you know, but all that to say, I did still have a little bit of uncomfortability after. And I was like, why am I doing, why, why does this feel a little bit unsettled? And again, that's where I have the tools where I was able to go and take it to inventory and, and write about what was going on. And it was the next morning where it came to me, oh, there was a little bit of that 
I'm the younger daughter and I, or younger daughter, younger sister. And my, the role I played was that I'm supposed to feel bad. I can't feel good if someone else doesn't feel good, you know? And so there was a little bit of that. And the, the voice that came in was like, it's okay to, to be recovered and it's okay to have compassion and, um, and empathy for someone who I'm hearing them talk about really their concerns with maybe their body, their food, their, you know, what's going on with them. And that's on all, all on them. And that's the same thing with my mom. When she talks about her weight now or my weight, I can know that that's because that's what she's going through and not take it personally. And so that's been a real um, gift of this program. And again, that's been through years and each trial and error and, and not having to do it alone um, in each one of those visits or, you know, learning how to like take that space for myself. Like, you know, I just, I have to walk away, give myself those boundaries. And those are the things where, um, you know, the tools of the program come in such handy. I mean, are so beneficial, you know, as far as picking up that 2000 pound phone and, and whatnot. Thanks for the question. Thank you, Gabby. And Sarah Kay. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for your share. Um, I, I don't know if you mentioned if bulimia was part of your journey. I think you mentioned it for a little bit. Uh, I am. I used to be in OA, but I had to go back and focus on other fellowships and other addictions that were killing me. Um, and, and now I'm back and um, this is day one and I'm just so scared I'm going to purge tonight, you know, even though I had dinner, it was abstinent, I have my meal plans, I have my everything, but I don't know how to actually not throw up because it's so intuitive to my body now, it naturally does it. And um, yeah, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So do you have any experience around that? Thanks. Thank you, Farah, and welcome. Glad you're here. And what I'll say for me is I, when, I, when I came into the rooms, the, the actual purging had was in a little bit of a hiatus stage where, you know, it would take a break for, you know, I wouldn't stick my fingers down my throat, stick it, you know, because that's what we do. Um, you know, it, it maybe been in a little, it would go in hiatus and then it'd come back. And so it was a little, little bit of hiatus stage. So I didn't, so I, I was, I don't have that experience in the rooms. But what I will say is when um, at night, you know, when that was my time to like really to binge and to, um, to engage in my behaviors. And I didn't want to make any calls. I didn't want to do anything, um, you know, cause it was too late and I didn't want to bother anyone. Um, and for me, pen and paper has been so instrumental. And I just picked up pen and paper and sometimes I wrote and I was coherent. Other times I just scribbled. I just was like, I don't even, yeah. And so that was a, a big tool for me um, when I was feeling like I, I just had that pull to go to the kitchen 
you know, and so that's something that really, really has helped me. Um, the other thing was these podcasts, and there's so many resources online. Now we can get on a meeting at any time with Zoom, like all over the world if, if we want to. Um, but like I said in the beginning, I, you know, I was going to sleep with, with speakers in my ears um, because I just had to inundate myself. And I'm the same thing, like when I'm driving around, like it's, it's, it was program stuff because I needed to be like flooded with, with program talk and these, these other people's experience, strength and hope, because I just didn't believe in my own experience, strength and hope at that point. Cause I had none. My experience was like, um, eat and throw up or eat and exercise or whatever, you know? Um, and so the other thing I'll just share is my experience is whenever I've shared what I'm experiencing um, at a meeting and share and shared it with another person and shared it with a group like like you have here like I have found that 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 is helpful. So or that you're not alone. And Tara, you're next. being here for your service. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about your relationship with exercise, um, how that's evolved over your time in recovery and what it looks like to exercise from a recovered recovery place. Yeah, great question. Thank you, Tara. And again, thanks for asking me to be here. Um, so um, as I mentioned, I'm a runner um, and I used it as a tool, like I loved it, but I also used it as a tool. Like that was one of my go-tos. And what, um, early in program, it's not that I didn't stop running, but um, somewhere along the way, um, I, I started inviting my higher power on my runs. And I remember, cause it was so visceral, I had just taken the third step and and so there's this, this relationship that I just turned my life and my will over. I didn't even understand, you know, like what, that's so like heady, like, oh my gosh, there's so much there. Right. And I was on a run and I didn't, you know, the word God was like, ugh, I can't really do that. So then I was like higher power. I don't know. And like trying on these terms. And I was like, we had just moved to Highland Park. <laughs> it's like, I'm like running and I'm like, I don't know, HP, maybe it's like we're in Highland Park. I mean, literally just trying on these things. And and, but I would, I was like just talking on my runs to my higher power that I, did, I was like trying on. And I remember like just like crying and just doing it, you know, but um, as far as the, the running itself, you know, at, um, at various times, like I would, again, have a podcast on and go for a run. And so I was always inviting in. And, and what I started to, at one point in program, I, I trained for a marathon and, um, and, you know, while I had my schedule, my training schedule, I also had flexibility with it where I was able to go ask my, have a conversation with this higher power that was, you know, I didn't really understand, but would like, hey, like check in, like, do I need to do this right now? Is this where we're at today? You know, and, um, and then be able to, you know, make those adjustments accordingly and like not go for the run which was recovery for me. Um, and then where it's at now is um, one, one, I'm almost 10 years older, my body, you know, I don't run as much, but again, I still, I still look at it like, okay, where are we at? God, what are we, how are we feeling? You know, how am I feeling? Like today I had, I, uh, 
and this is how I'll say a relationship. Like I was never willing to do anything else because I spent years in a gym and was like, that was like, ugh. so I just had to kind of like, ugh. no, no gyms, no, whatever, no weights. Cause it just would trigger stuff, you know? And even along the way, I'm like, I know I'm getting older. I know I need to, I want to keep up like, um, some muscle and, and whatnot. Um, but anyway, the, over the holidays, I got a, a rower, which is something I never, I don't think I would have been able to do before. Um, but, um, you know, and I'm, I've been enjoying it. It's something new. And I, again, I had to find something that I had no relationship with. I've never been a rower or anything, you know, it's like, oh, this is, and I'm really having fun with it. But where my brain was like, I want to go do, I, oh, oh yeah, I have a pro, I want to do it, you know, like, cause it's fun. Really the truth was like, Debbie, you're really tired. <laughs> you're really tired. You know, um, let's not do that. You know, let's just rest. And so I think it's a, yeah, to answer the question, really bringing in my higher power to every, to everything and all of it. Thank you, uh, Debbie, for your lead. Um, can you tell us how your uh, approach to your food plan has changed over the years, if it has? And also, how has your recovery in food impacted your marriage, particularly when it comes to food between the two of you? Thank you. Thanks for your share. Yeah, yeah thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks for the question. Um, yeah, so for me, I was reluctant to do a food plan um, in the beginning um, because it felt like a diet. And as a restrictor, I just, I didn't want to go in that mindset. But at the same time, I didn't really, um, I, I was restricted. I was restricting still, and I didn't really understand what my abstinence was. And, and as soon as I was able, I was willing to um, do what my sponsor, you know, suggested was like, well, do you have a food? I was like, no. And she's like, well, this is what I do. You know, it's like three meals a day and an optional snack. And, um, and I tried it and I thought it, the thing that I thought was going to, would be the last thing I'd want to do was um, it ended up has given me the most freedom and there are certain things that I don't eat because um, I know they'll they're they'll trigger me other things like I mentioned I'll, I'll you know have been like oh I think I just had a reaction to that um, again as I mentioned I do um, even prior to program you know have been vegan um, um, by choice and so there some of that has just been what do I want to say? Um, it's, let me get to the part about um, with my husband. Yeah, so I used to make him responsible for my food. You know, I tell him to hide my food. I tell him not to buy my buy that particular food, and then I'd be mad when he did buy it or didn't buy it, and you know, didn't give it to me. Um, all that stuff, um, and um, and I no longer do that. So that's good. Um, you know, re re restaurants, I kind of be that very passive aggressive, you know, like people pleaser and not really take care of my own needs. I've learned not to do that as well. Um, and, and um, in the beginning, what I'll say is I, ha there were times when he would have, um, I would have to ask him not to have certain foods like at the dinner table um, because they were trigger foods for me. Um, and, or if I was in a, you know, an emotional state that I just knew was a little bit more fragile, I was like, Hey, honey, is it okay if you don't have that tonight? You know? And so it was really learning how to ex like ask, 
ask for what I needed for my own um, sanity. And um, yeah, so I hope that answers the question. Thank you so much, Debbie. That is all for questions.